Hi, my name is Archdeacon Harvey Huth, and I am one of the group that is here to talk about Christ in a dark world. Through his prophet Isaiah, God tells us, I will turn the darkness before them into light, the rough places into level ground. These are the things I will do, and I will not forsake them. And Bethany, shortly before the, the Passover festival, our Lord Jesus said of himself, I have come as a light into the world, so that everyone who believes in me should not remain in darkness. Well, we certainly have plenty of darkness in the world these days. The political news each day seems to outdo the, the previous day with disunity, uh, distrust, accusations, counter-accusations. The coronavirus pandemic worsens, worsens day by day with more and more becoming infected and more and more hospitals in crisis as they try to cope with an ever-increasing wave of sick people seeking care. Tens of millions are out of work and struggling economically. There's certainly plenty of darkness in our world these days, but take heart. This talk is not about gloom and doom. It's about hope. It's about optimism. You know, light and darkness are such perfect metaphors for, for good and evil. We are the light of the world because his light shines through us. It's his light, but each of us has it. Do you ever notice that in a dark room, once we turn on a light, a flashlight, a, a, even a candle, darkness disappears. It has no choice. That's because light is powerful. It's a positive force. It has energy. It can travel across vast distances in the blink of an eye, 186,000 miles per second. Darkness, on the other hand, is really nothing. It has no substance, no energy. Darkness is simply the absence of light. Our Lord uses this metaphor of light and darkness for good and evil just because it works so perfectly. Darkness only has an effect when it's allowed to by the absence of light. So too, evil can only prevail in the absence of good, in the absence of truth and hope, and most importantly, in the absence of love. In other words, in the absence of the light of Christ. Maybe this is what inspired that two-century-old quote attributed to John Stuart Mill. The only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people to do nothing. We carry the light of Christ within us. And without that light, we would soon grow cold and dark. Maybe a a couple bits of old Greek mythology will, will help us illustrate. There's a story told about a beautiful princess who came unseen but was always known by the blessings she left in her pathway. Trees blackened by forest fires sprouted new leaves as she passed by. In her footprints at the brookside, violets sprang up. A stagnant pool became a spring of sparkling water. Parched fields blossomed after her visits, and every hillside and valley blushed with new life and beauty whenever she passed by. Another story is told of another beautiful princess who was sent as a present to a particular king. And about her was an atmosphere as sweet-smelling as the garments of Aphrodite. She seemed as beautiful and pure and as if fresh from a bath of dew. 
and her breath was like the sweet perfume of the richest rose. But strangely enough, in the atmosphere that she carried about with her was the contagion of death. From her infancy, this beautiful woman had known no food but poison. She'd been reared on it. She'd become so permeated with it that she herself became the very essence of it. She would breathe her fragrant breath into a swarm of insects, and behold, they would drop dead at her feet. She would pluck the loveliest flower, and lo, it would fade and fall apart. Once into her presence came a hummingbird. It fluttered, poised for a moment, shuddered, and fell dead. Interesting, but irrelevant, miss? Not really, says a a Presbyterian minister by the name of William Viderwolf. He writes, and how like this poisoned princess is every person whose influence is a blight, whose influence is a curse upon his fellow men. We live, says Viderwolf, and the atmosphere we exhale is richly laden with the fragrance of virtue or with a poisonous perfume that consumes the people around us. Maybe a a true story would, would be a bit more relevant. Our past president, Woodrow Wilson, once told this story. He said, I was in a very common place. I was sitting in a barber chair when I became aware that a personality had entered the room. A man had come quietly in upon the same errand as myself to have his hair cut, and he sat in the chair next to me. Every word the man uttered, though it was not in the least didactic, showed a personal interest in the man who was serving him. And before I got through with what was being done for me, I was aware that I had, in reality, attended an impromptu evangelistic service because Mr. Dwight Moody was in that barber chair. I purposely lingered in the room after he had left and noticed the singular effect his visit had brought upon the barber shop. They talked in undertones. They didn't know his name but they knew that something had elevated their thoughts. I felt that I had left that place as I should have left the place of worship. My admiration and esteem for Mr. Moody became very deep indeed. As Dwight Moody, perhaps one of the best known 19th century evangelists observed, and I think this is really important to, to take note of, if this world is going to be reached, I'm convinced that it must be done by men and women of average talent. That's you and me, folks, called by our Lord and Savior to be his light in this world. Jesus also told his disciples, you are the light of the world. Why light? Because the very primacy of light in Holy Scripture is attested to in the Bible as the very first part of God's creation in Genesis. God said, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw that the light was good. Even the earliest, most primitive thinkers saw a dichotomy between light and darkness. Light connotes rule over the universe. It, it represents order, truth, and clarity. Darkness represents evil, fear, ignorance, and chaos. In John's Gospel, Jesus explains everyone who does evil hates the light, and does not come to the light, lest his deed should be exposed. In Paul's letter to the Romans, believers are admonished 
to cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. That's in Romans 13, 12. The prophet Isaiah said, Jesus is light. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shined. Jesus tells us himself in John's gospel, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of light. So just how do we share this, this light of light, this, this light of life, rather, that the, the Lord tells us we have? Well, first, I think we have to accept the idea we need to be just a bit countercultural. We live in a dark world full of lies and greed and hate, doubt and confusion. And Holy Scripture tells us to cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. While others are chasing after physical pleasures and selfish gain, we're commanded to live a different way, to put on the Lord Jesus Christ, to make no provision for the flesh to gratify its desires. Secondly, we really need to put ourselves out there. Jesus said, let your light shine before others. He explained that no one lights a lamp just to hide it under a basket. A lamp is meant to be placed on a stand to give light to everything and everyone around it. Whether you're a bit of an introvert or outgoing, we're all called to be a light to the people around us. But that's only possible if you take the time to interact with people and develop, develop personal relationships. Anyone who knows me knows I'm a hopeless extrovert, but my advice to those who are a bit more shy is simply this. Talk to God about your friend before you talk to your friend about God. Ask for his help and then trust him. God never asks us to do his ministry by ourselves. And thirdly and finally, always point back to the light source. When Jesus said, let your light shine before others, that wasn't all he said. He went on to give the reason why it's important for us to shine, so that they may see your good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven. Our goal isn't to bring recognition to ourselves, but to bring glory to God. We are his messengers. There's a fine line between being a light and putting on a show to get attention. It's all a matter of the heart. You know, right above our altar at St. Stephen's in Delmar is a beautiful and very powerful visual metaphor calling us to be the light of Christ in the world. It's a beautiful stained glass cross window. The vertical axis pointing up to heaven reminds us that it's his light that shines through us. And that horizontal axis reaching out reminds us that we need to, reminds us that we're called to let our light shine before others, to share the hope and the truth, and especially the love of Christ with all who will receive it. And I share these thoughts with you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.